Welcome to the Heavy Hole POD cast. My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Boom. Ready or not. <laughs> you like me now. It's just not finishing. <laughs> Every day is a new day. Oh, boy. We've been fawning. POD, man. Remember that band? Me neither. Um, uh, God, we're going nuts right off the top. Tom, how you doing? Get me out of here. All right, good. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Will. I've been having a great week getting things done for my sister's wedding because we're having it at the house. Don't show up; you won't be allowed in. That's very <laughs> nice, dude. What else is new? Yeah, right. That's that's unless we're doing a podcast. That's my usual experience going to your house. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, stay outside, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's all been good. Staying busy, busy with work, uh, doing some mixes, which is cool. Oh, yeah, playing dude. more guitar recently. Wow. Uh, I, like uh, Chex Mix. Like wow, mixing that? pretzels yeah. and nuts. And- uh, yeah, mixing. I'm mixing a, uh, allegedly mixing a project that will be released through some kind of avenue that we will be creating in the future. Mm. Railroad Sound- Avenue by me? Ooh, I, I wouldn't release anything up there. It's not coming back. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sounds know, dangerous. We'll not. start there. Oh. You know, you work your way up. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> Justin, how was your week? Uh, it's doing good, man. I'm not playing guitar, but I keep trying to change the strings on my Jeep Cherokee. And uh, it's, uh, it's turning out fresh, man. Um, my Cherokee is actually in standard tuning, which people don't people do not do that to trucks. But no. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been getting that shit already, man. Fishing, hitting the sand, checking the surf out, catching this, catching that, cooking this. Also bringing the sandwiches back up just in case. Yeah. You gotta be ready, but you know, doing a little bit of that, like enjoying the the little bit of the end of summer. Long Island sushi, on. man. So, yeah. Summer's been over ever since we interviewed Cryptic Shift on uh, the beginning of. Oh, you weren't. Oh, there. I wasn't there. Yeah, nice to have oh you back God. with us. Just yeah. come Thank on. Thank you so much. You see, I flipped it out. I did a little trick on the segue just for Justin. Yeah, just I was a little. I was a little under the weather, but hot yeah. hot take. I can't catch the Rona because I only drink Modellos. Whoa. Nice. Okay. Uh, I, allegedly, I, I'm not backing up any of that pseudoscience. Allegedly facts. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Will, how was your week? Uh, pretty good. We're, uh, as I said, summer's over. We're rolling right into the fall, which means it is bing Sun bong chips. harvest season. Oh, mm. Yeah. I got uh, these canned jalapenos uh, oh, that wow. I brought over. Yeah. For you guys. Uh, to sa- What I, are those? For the listeners, I just whipped these out of the bag. These guys have no idea what's going on. I, I got a glass jar. With candied jalapenos, uh, cowboy candy is the recipe that uh, my mother gave me to make these candied jalapenos that were grown on Smith Manor. Oh, wow. They're candied with delicious um, sweet peppers. Yeah, it's, mm. it's a delicious mixture. I did bring corn chips if you guys want to dip. I know we have to be hygienic. Beautiful. We'll get little plates or cups going or something with this. But um, Shout out to, we got this MF Doom collection. Like, oh, what are those jalapenos right there? Yeah. But, you know, might be as good as uh, Doritos, Cheetos, or Fritos. Uh, yeah. We're, we might Shout go wide with this. For the Patreon people, you might get some jalapenos in the mail. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to get crazy. But just I'm always <laughs> talking about growing corn and growing peppers and this, that. For my old school pepper camp people you guys don't even know about pepper camp but shout out to them we got uh, i got the candied jalapenos on deck we're pickling we're canning we got salsa and applesauce on you, smith manor do you have a group do you have a like a, a following of pickled pepper people um i i don't i'm uh p- peculiarly enough a pickled pepper uh pino grigio sipper all alone uh by my lonesome but uh i do have a following <laughs> of that was I d- fantastic <laughs> wordplay there. 
little sad, but a little fun. How many All followers right. you got? How many followers? What I, you got? Who's following you? All right. I do have a particularly large following of Peckle Pickle Peppers. <laughs> Peck- <laughs> I blew it. Uh, on the podcast. And I just want them to know uh, that I could flex on you guys by producing. I'm not just talking about it. They used to call. I had, I had an uncle back in the day. I think this was like the 30s or 40s. Right down off of, uh, for the Huntington-based uh, listeners and all them. Shout out to Harrison Clark. Um, uh, right off of uh, where, where they have the, where they used to have, the, Breezy Park is there now, you know, off, off of Oakwood. They used to call him Cauliflower mm. Smith. I had an uncle that grew cauliflower up there, a Polish uncle way back in the day. I, I, I know. But that's a whole other story for another time, <laughs> man. It's all family. You got to follow up on that story at that time. Yeah, yeah, we got so many stories we got to follow up on. Uh, That's a family story. Another family story I want to follow up on tonight. uh, The brothers, Francis and Moises Howard, uh, originally um, of Brazil, uh, uh, moved to Louisiana, where they eventually started the band Incubus. Uh, That band eventually became Opprobrium, and they left us a a legacy of classic death and thrash metal along the way. We're going to talk to one half of that brotherhood. Uh, Get Francis on the phone. Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast here, as always, with Justin and Tom. And we're joined today by, by Francis Howard, guitarist and vocalist, uh, and oftentimes bass player, we're going to get into it, of classic uh, death thrash band Approbrium, formerly known as Incubus. How you doing, Francis? How's it going, uh, Will? How's it going? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> awesome, yeah, man. We appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm ready for the interview, and uh, and I'm sure the fans would like to know uh, more about the band, and uh, that uh, is up to the questions, uh, what you guys want to ask, and, uh, you know. Awesome. Yeah, and, and we have uh, plenty of questions, man. And, um, you know, I mentioned that you're the guitarist, vocalist, and oftentimes bass player uh, of Opprobrium, and uh, mm-hmm. your, your brother, if I, if I pronounce his name right, is it Moises? Yeah, Moises. Yeah, within within why? <laughs> yeah, Mo- yeah. I just res- res- respectfully, I always like to pronounce everyone's names right. Uh, Moises uh-huh. Howard, your brother, uh, is the drummer. You want to maybe tell us first? Uh, first off, who's the oldest uh, brother? Uh, Mo- Moises. Moises. Uh, I, I got a middle brother, and uh, I'm the youngest of the of the three. So uh, Moses, the one that he's the drummer. He's the one that uh, got me into uh, playing guitar. Uh, when Moses started back then, back in the in the 80s, uh, he used to like collect a little, uh, you know, cans like uh, coffee cans and stuff. I just make noises, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how he started, and gradually he like uh, evolved. He bought like a little toy drum, you know, and that that broke down. It didn't last too long, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then uh, he uh, he got a job back then, and uh, he bought like uh, more. Uh, durable drum set in order to withstand uh, his playing, you know. So, uh, but he's the one that he, he was the one that paid my first uh, guitar lessons for the first six months. <laughs> so uh, he got me into it. So, and I'm hooked for uh, until now, you know, with the guitar. Yeah, and you know, before we get um, too far ahead, we always ask uh, all of our guests 
if they're from a particularly musical family or a, or a heavy metal and rock friendly family. Uh, and we also know that you and your brother are originally from Brazil. Maybe you could just talk about your family's background and um, sure, no problem. How like how yeah. old you were when you came to the United States? Yeah, b- before we came to the U.S., uh, we used to live in Copacabana uh, Beach, uh, but uh, but uh, the area, and uh, we have family in the U.S. Uh, actually, one of my brothers, the middle my middle brother, was born in, in Alabama, uh, so he's from the U.S. So we had family uh, in the U.S. and we were living in Brazil. So we decided just uh, to stay together. That's why we moved uh, uh, to New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, back then, back in '81. Uh, yeah, I believe 1981. Okay, and were you guys already playing music by then, or were you just little kids? Uh, just little kids, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, not, nothing. Uh, we never thought about playing music at all. Uh, I think everything started when we came to the U.S. We started uh, listening to bands, like uh, like uh, uh, from from those days, you know. And mm-hmm. Moses got into the the, the drumming. Uh, I forgot the name of the band that influenced uh, him to uh, uh, like drumming, but uh, that's how it started. We just started uh, watching uh, music videos and radio, and we just uh, got influenced by other bands that were playing music back then. And that's how we started, you know, the beginning. Yeah, and you know, I, um, I wasn't going to bring this up uh, just yet, but uh, you mentioned your other brother. Is that Reginaldo? Yeah, Reginald. Yeah. Yeah, we. I know that name because he's credited as doing the original art on the Serpent Temptation. I guess that's the two skeletons with the snake. Yeah, he's the one that that, that came up with the idea. Actually, he's the one that uh, came up with with a old band name. Band name, uh, band name uh, Incubus. He's the one that said, "Hey, man, you guys, you guys should, should call yourself Incubus." And we were young back then. And said, "Oh, yeah, that sounds like a cool name." You know, we actually uh, uh, got that name from a dictionary, old dictionary back then. And uh, we we thought it was a cool name uh, to have for a band back then. But it was the beginning of it all. You know, and, uh, every everything was uh, uh, falling in place. Uh, you know, a little piece here, a little piece there, and that's uh, how everything started. You know. Yeah, and, and something I did read, um, we should shout out Metalcore Zine, did an interview with your brother a few years ago, and I always try to do research before interviews, so shout to them. Uh, and something I read was that that painting, I guess from Serpent Temptation, was done with spray paint. Is that true? Yeah, it was airbrushed. Airbrushed. Oh, airbrushed, okay. Yeah, in the, the airbrushed in a, a little, uh, not, not painted, but I guess, uh, I guess it was paint. I can't remember the details. It was a big old... Uh, a drawing it had to be big in order so when we shrunk to the album size the detail would be would be in uh, uh, the album cover you know the, of the drawing but it was airbrushed actually uh, we had a few mess mess ups in the beginning of the of the painting but uh <laughs> it eventually came out pretty good so uh it, it's, uh, it's a cool album cover yeah, yeah, it's it's very striking. That's why I just wanted to bring that up, and um, you know, you you, yeah. you you brought it up too. I just wanted to ask if there was like a family uh, connection with with Reginald. Obviously, there is, uh, and and you guys, um, nineteen eighty six, if I'm not mistaken, is the beginning of Incubus, uh, and you hook up yeah. with with Scott Latour on bass originally. Yeah, but when we used to be called Incubus uh, back in nineteen eighty six. Scott was in a band. Uh, we used to play uh, uh, covers, cover songs, uh, and then we decided to uh, to do our own original songs. We had a, a singer back then, 
they used to sing mostly like uh, different styles, uh, like uh, like Judas Priest. And then uh, we decided to. Uh, I noticed that my style was too brutal. Huh. Uh, you know, <laughs> naturally, you know. Yeah. So and back then, everybody was doing uh, 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 heavy metal, uh, like uh, Rat, uh, yeah. uh, Motley Crue, stuff like that, you know. But uh, I noticed that my style was pushing towards uh, heavier music. So uh, uh, that's what I, I went for. Uh, a louder guitar sound. And uh, and I got influenced by a whole bunch of bands back then. Uh, uh, punk bands, uh, rock bands. It's a mixture of, from like from Rush to a, a deal, uh, you know, stuff like that. So everything got together, uh, I mean, musically, uh, the influences. And that's how uh, uh, the band uh, uh, originated, you know, was the beginning. And Yeah, and when you talk about um, what, what your influences were and punk and things like that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you're from, is it Materi, Louisiana? Uh, they, they call him Metairie. Metairie, yeah. Louisiana. Again, I like yeah, to get yeah. pr- pronounced. I'm, I'm from Long Island, so I pronounce everything wrong. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the reason I ask is maybe just tell us, like, like what kind of area was that? Was there a lot of access? Like, tour- did touring bands come through? Did you have a local club? Was there a local record store that had underground records? They, they had record stores. They had uh, 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 bars uh, that, that rock people that like rock and metal used to uh, hang out in the beginning, you know? And uh, a lot of great bands came from New Orleans, like uh, 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 they had uh, back then like Shell Shock. Uh, we, we, we played a show with them uh, back in the days. Uh, they had uh, great bands like Exorda, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, so we all knew each other back then, you know. Uh, it was the beginning of it all. Yeah, actually, um, that I, speaking of that with, with that scene there, in like ge- geographically in Matari, were you guys like close to New Orleans and that sort of famous uh, scene, or? Uh, New Orleans would be a drive, if if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe a 20 minute drive. Okay. Uh, from Metairie, you know, New Orleans was mostly for jazz. Like we used to go over there to listen to jazz. Oh yeah. Uh, jazz music, uh, like on, on the French Quarter, you know that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but Metairie is more like uh, a place like to to live, and they, they used to have like Fat City. Back then, uh, they used to have live shows, and they used to close down the streets for the live show. It was awesome back then, you know. Well, that's uh, it. Yeah, before they they, they changed uh, with laws and all that, but uh, they, they used to have bands playing live. We used to go out. It was like a, a Mardi Gras atmosphere in a way, Fat City, you know. Wow. Back in the days. What what you know? <laughs> um like like I mean just just briefly I guess what bands maybe that we would know or that listeners would know uh, did you perform with or or see there. Uh, Shell Shock, like I said, they had, uh, Acid Bath. Uh, I think we played a show with them. Awesome. It's been so long, Acid Bath, and uh, and that was that was it. I think Acid yeah. Bath and, and some other bands. I can't remember right now. I'm not very good with names. <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> me but, neither. Uh, it's all it's all good. You know, me neither. Man. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just I'm just thankful I didn't call you Moises at the beginning by accident or something or mess it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, Will has a uh, uh, cheat sheet. He's, he, yeah. he's got it all written down in front of him. Don't worry. But there you go. It, it, it helps, man. It helps. <laughs> well, while, you know, while we're on this, usually later on, um, I ask our listeners if they have any questions for you, like on social media every once in a while, actually on our Patreon account. And one of uh-huh. our Patreon pledges had a question that's like right on this topic. Um, our uh-huh. pa- Patreon pledge, Adam Moore, asked... Uh, New Orleans has a very rich history in the late 80s, early 90s metal scene with bands like X Hoarder, Soylent Green, Crowbar, Acid Bath, 
um, mm-hmm. etc. And Opprobrium uh, seemed to not be mentioned alongside those bands. How active were Opprobrium with regard to those bands in the New Orleans scene at the time? And uh, did your brand of death thrash keep you from fitting in? That's a good question. Uh, uh, New Orleans, pretty much, uh, I think we were the first uh, death metal band that had, had a, a, a worldwide, uh, 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 what they call it, uh, people knew about us, a you know? Following, worldwide. support, yeah, following. Yeah, yeah, following, yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and plus, a lot of the other bands, like uh, you've mentioned, they, they had different styles, you know? Uh, it was the, the, uh, the origin of it all. You know, and uh, I remember uh, uh, Phil from Pantera. He visited our home uh, in the beginning of it. I was, I was still like uh, playing uh, original songs, but it wasn't. It was more like uh, a mix of metal with punk in a way. You know, but he came to visit our home, so we, and then he went uh, uh, played on his band. And uh, I mean, we used to like meet up with the, most of these these uh, uh, band members uh, at the clubs, uh, like the, the rock clubs, you know. And and it was uh, back then. It was just uh, it was weird because uh, you used to do your own thing, and there was no internet, uh, and so it was hard to communicate sometimes, you know, between bands because everybody was doing their own thing. Everybody was going going uh, their own direction, you know. Yeah, and on that note. Because uh, you put out the Supernatural Death demo in 1987. Uh, and uh-huh, ni- true. What, that's true? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fact <laughs> check. <laughs> fact check. I like to get all my research straight. Uh, and that's that's kind of like, in a lot of people's opinion, which it could be debated, but that's kind of like the year where death metal uh, really broke through. You have some classic albums. People, you know, Death and Possessed were really hot. Um, Necrophagia was, was coming to, to uh, uh, in, into the um, into the game. First of all, were you in contact with or aware of some of these um, uh, classic bands like that? Death, Possessed, uh, Necrophagia. Uh, would you cite any of them as an influence? Or were you just kind of like living in a bubble because of no internet? Uh, it was a mixture of both, in a way, I guess. Uh, it's like uh, we used to keep most of our information uh, when, when it came to uh, uh, new bands coming out. was from a radio station in, uh, in New Orleans. Uh, I forgot the name of the station, like uh, a college radio station. They used to play uh, mostly punk, but then they started to change to uh, metal more and more eventually, you know. But uh, back then, uh, everything was kind of, uh, knowledge was kind of difficult in a way to to arrive. It's not like it's not like nowadays that uh, you press a button, you get the information, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, like Necrophasia, we, uh, we heard of them. Uh, we heard of uh, uh, Cryptic Slaughter. Uh, and other bands, uh, let me see if I can remember. Uh, uh, Slayer, Slayer. Of course, uh, yeah. I think it was Hunted the Chapel. <laughs> uh, uh, Megadeth, Megadeth was the, the first album with the skull. I forgot the name of it. And it's still, you know, bands like that, you know, it was, it was everything was like a, a, a discovery, you know, everything was like, a, every, there, was, there was news coming like every month, every year. That's why we used to go to the clubs, like with the rock clubs. To get more information, you know, that's that's how it was done back then. There was back then there was no cell phone and uh, no internet, so uh, that's how we did things back then, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're talking my language. I'm I'm a little bit younger. I kind of came in on the, the the towards the end of the '90s with the tape trading there thing. There you go. Were, but were you guys involved uh-huh. with tape trading uh, internationally? Like, is that how you got the supernatural death demo out there? 
Oh yeah, we, we uh, uh, I don't know how, but fans used to uh, buy a demo. Uh, they, they somehow they found out. That's how things was, was done back then, uh, through demo tapes, you know. So we, we used to sell the demo tapes and, and mail to the fans. We used to write them letters back then. There was, there was no emails back then, you know. So uh, it was a, a very, uh, uh, it's like a, a different time, a different time from now. Uh, everything is not, not data, everything is fast. Back then it was kind of slow, you know. Too easy now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in a, yeah. It's an argument we have very often because I'm kind of I'm I'm right there with you, man. I'm I you know I want everything to go back to uh, tape trading and vinyl and you know I, I'm I'm like a stu stuck in my head in the sand like an ostrich kind of, but um, <laughs> uh, we have that debate every once in a while here on the podcast. But uh, but that's for for another night, man. Um, now '88, uh, the original version of Serpent Temptation comes out on Brutal Records. Um, and that's where I got the reference of, uh, of your brother Reginald doing the art and so on. And it was recorded first. The first thing I want to ask you is it was recorded in Louisiana and mixed in Los Angeles. Did you guys have to travel to Los Angeles for that process? Yes, we did. We have to go to Los Angeles to uh, uh, mix the album because we, we did the recording at, uh, in New Orleans. But uh, we had to, to get a better mix out of, out of the recording. So uh, we flew to Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was Track Records studio, studio name, and that's where Slayer recorded at, and uh, a whole bunch of bands. Uh, as as a matter of fact, as we were mixing the album in Los Angeles, you know, uh, we were we were walking around the studios, and uh, I think the studio guy showed us the door. We had the tapes from the I think it was Slayer Hello Eights, the 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 you know the, the studio tapes, right? Uh, the Hello Waits a tape, I think it was uh, some other bands, let me see, I think it was Overkill maybe, I don't remember, but they had a whole bunch of bands from back in the days that recorded in the same studio that we mixed uh, Serpent Temptation. Wow. You know? And, so that's, I, you know, I don't know if you guys travel, traveled much uh, within the, the U.S., but you come from Brazil as kids, uh, you kind of grow up and get into heavy metal in Louisiana, was that your first time mm -hmm. in, in California, in Los Angeles? Yeah, first time in California, so, uh, and I actually, a lot of funny things happened. Uh, we were, I think uh, we, we were driving by uh, Sunset Strip, something like that. That's, I think that's what, that's what they call it. Yep. We saw the we saw the guy from, uh, I think the bass player from Rat back then. From Rat? Like uh, in front of the, yeah, the bass player. <laughs> wow, Rat, Rat. And then we were like, no. Yeah, great, the Rat band. Great the band. band. They, we we yeah, bring so them up often. It's kind of like a running joke how often we bring them yeah, up. Yeah, Rat's yeah. all around, yeah, they, Round and round. Yeah, they're great. They're great. <laughs> they're great positions. Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot of stuff like that, and uh, that, that happens that behind the scenes that uh, which is cool, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the fans don't know about it, you know. Yeah, well, the reason that I was interested in that is because we, we talked about this once with um, Frank uh, Frank Reini, the uh, old vocalist of Internal Bleeding, uh, and he described mm -hmm. how. Uh, Voracious Contempt, their classic album. It was mixed in Florida, and there was a you know there was um, some trouble getting the band members down there for the mix, and just just the idea that you have to travel to a completely different state for the mixing process uh, in this day and age might be lost on some of the younger listeners. Yeah, true. Nowadays, you send the files and you get that mix in, in a way uh, online, but back then you had to. Uh, I prefer to be on, on, a, on in the studio and. And that studio experience uh, when I do the mixing, but uh, nowadays things has changed. It's easier now, but it's, it's a different time. So uh, I guess uh, 
everyone has to uh, go with the flow in a way and just evolve <laughs> and and go with it you know <laughs> yeah yeah i got i have to learn that myself um <laughs> it's it, it's it's part of the game so uh yeah. now sir, that version of serpent temptation um had uh, if i now i might be mixing up the names here but it had uh a different bass player and singer your original bass player and singer and that's why yeah, scott. that scott latour and then there was a singer right uh-huh. yeah he was a singer uh back then he actually before he sang he used to just play bass uh for for a band uh, uh we used to be called uh we had a different name back then uh, i can't remember right now but uh he used to play bass and then i uh, went once we, we wanted to change the direction of the style of music we uh, we wanted to play, uh, we wanted it to play, uh, so we asked God to sing. So uh, he took over from there, you know, from Serpentation and the demo tape and Serpentation. Yeah, and he has he has he has a cool uh, style of vocals, like a uh, necrophagia in a way. That's what it reminds me of, you know, his, his style, which is cool. Very old school uh, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, so he he parts ways with the band. And uh, before we get into Beyond the Unknown, because I do want to, sp- I know, I know that there, there's like a big um, uh, kind of hallmark date coming for that. Um, but but in '96, Serpent Temptation is re-recorded, some is remixed with certain elements re-recorded, and I guess that's because Mark Lavinia was playing bass and you were singing now, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we, we we moved from uh, New Orleans to Tampa, so uh, I took over the singing. Uh, from from after Scott uh, uh, left the band, so we, I took over from there, you know. Yeah, because just just for like collectors and people going back and doing the research, they might get confused. There are two separate versions of separate of Serpent Temptation that reflect the change in the lineup and and so on. But um, uh, the the Brutal Records version being the original, and then the uh, the, the version with um, different uh, vocals and, and bass and, and, and elements uh, on the Nuclear Blast imprint Radiation Records, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, I just wanted when I did that uh, Subtemptation version, I just wanted the fans to hear that that album with me singing. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that was that was the reason why I've done it. You know. Yeah, and and in retrospect, as we go back now, it's interesting to hear different versions of it. I'm always a fan of hearing like different mixes, different versions, you know, that th- you know things like that, and hearing another take on something. Yeah, so as as a band, you you do things. Sometimes uh, you work out, and sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> and that was just an uh, an experiment that I wanted to do, uh, you know, with, with uh, so for the so the fans can hear me singing uh, the songs, you know. Yeah, and in a di- in a different in a different light, you know. Yeah, and and that was also immediately following. We kind of skipped around because um, I want to talk about the re- the re-recording thing. But in 1990, Beyond the Unknown comes out on Nuclear Blast Records. Uh, when Nuclear Blast Records was maybe a bit more of a humble label at that point in time than what it's grown yeah, to it be. Was. Um, and you also recorded with uh, Tom Morris at Morris Sound for that album, right? Yeah, the owner of the studio. And going back to the Nuclear, ba- uh, nuclear Blast Records, uh, uh, back then, a lot of the bands didn't, didn't want to sign up with them. That's that's what I felt. Uh, because uh, I think they had a, a few punk bands in, uh, on the label. And uh, so uh, we, we spoke with Marcus Steger uh, over the phone, the owner of Nuclear Blast back then. Uh, he was he sounded, he, really, he was a fan of Serpent Temptation, you know, so he, he really wanted to sign us. And uh, he actually came to uh, Tampa when we moved to Tampa, 
Uh, he came to Tampa with uh, uh, Atrocity uh, to record. I think Atrocity recorded uh, at Morristown. That's how we met him mm -hmm. in person. And uh, from there, after he left, we recorded a Beyond the Unknown album. Uh, so, uh, Unuka Blast, uh, we took a chance because uh, he, he was, he sounded very, uh, he, he, first of all, he was a fan of, of the band back then. So, that helped a lot uh, for us to be with the label uh, back then. But uh, for what I remember, a lot of the other bands, they wanted to be signed with uh, other labels like Combat, uh, I, I believe uh, Roadrunner, other labels that had major names back then. But nowadays, everybody wants Nuka Blast, you know? Yeah, they blew up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody wanted to yeah. take a chance then, but now, yeah. now everybody's <laughs> fighting to get on Nuclear Blast. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. but Marcus, Marcus Tick is a cool guy. He was actually, uh, he came down when we recorded the Sunny Forces, uh, our album, the Sunny Forces. He actually came down to Brazil and to visit us. And and uh, so he stayed throughout the whole studio recording in Rio with us, you know. So he's a very cool guy. Yeah, and, and I, I want to talk about, um, you know, the, the trip to Rio de Janeiro and, and discerning forces. But before we get at that old school uh, uh, vibe mm -hmm. that we're in right now, we talked about uh, More Sound Studio. And I believe that that's, mm -hmm. how, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how you came to do um, guest vocals along with your former bass player, Scott Latour, on Sepultura's Beneath the Remains mm -hmm. album, right? Yeah, true. Like, like, like I was saying earlier, back then we used to uh, send send tapes to the fans, and with Sepultura, we used to uh, uh, we used to call each other once in a while. We and uh, I sent him some of our LPs, our Supertemptation. He sent us some shirts, and he invited us to uh, to go to the studio and to you know to uh, do some recording. And uh, so uh, Scott and I uh, and Moises. So uh, we went to the studio. Most of them sing, uh, and that was my first time uh, actually singing. They asked me <laughs> to go. It, it was like uh, kind of strange, but Scott was a singer back then, you know. So it was me, Scott, and some other other artists. I forgot the name of the artist, but uh, that's how we we met uh, Max Cavalera. Uh, we used to uh, you know trade uh, LPs and, and T-shirts. You know that's how things was was done back then. And Max is a very cool guy, uh, very uh, down to earth. Uh, he actually brought he bought some uh, uh, Brazilian cachaça. It's like a tequila. <laughs> you know <laughs> nice. back then. So, so <laughs> we tried it out back then. But he's a cool guy. He's a very cool guy. Uh, yeah. Well, that that was um, <clears throat> a question I had. It's I guess it's kind of obvious, maybe. Uh, or, or maybe not. Was there a kind of a shared camaraderie right off the bat with you guys and the Sepultura guys, given your shared Brazilian heritage? Uh, every, I think what not the heritage, but the music. The music what unite unites yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, everyone. If you, if you think about it, because metal is about uh, unity and, and and freedom of of you know. Uh, it's, a, it's like a respect if you. If you like metal, you have a respect for a lot of people that like metal. So it's like a family in a way. But uh, the Harris thing, back then, uh, I, I didn't think about uh, about that. I just we, we, we just wanted to uh, uh, meet other bands, uh -huh. and and he invited us, and so for everything, uh, that's how I I, I sing backing vocals on on the Benista Remains uh, album. Yeah, and uh, well, on that note, a band that um, that I don't know shares any kind of Brazilian heritage. Uh, from, they're actually originally from New York, closer to us. 
Cannibal mm -hmm. Corpse, you appear on Eaten Back to Life by Cannibal Corpse, right? Yeah, yeah, he actually came to our apartment back then. Uh, uh, we used to live in Tampa, uh, uh, and, and we were talking. He, they, they came like late at night after the studio, and we, we stay all night talking about music, about the New York scene, and we, were we, we used to talk about Louisiana scene, uh, the Tampa scene, and uh, he invited us to, uh, the to actually, Scott Burns uh, called, and he said, hey, hey guys, uh, 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 Cannibal Corpse, uh, once you invite uh, uh, Francis to sing back in vocals, you want to do it? Say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, you know? Because we used to live close to the studio. Uh, Morris Sound, I, I believe, like uh, uh, 20 minutes away, 15 minutes away, something like that. So uh, most of the events that happened back then, uh, <laughs> they kind of called us uh, uh, to visit sometimes, not to sing, but just to visit. Uh, I, act I actually did a, a guitar solo, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for Massacre. Uh, back then, okay. but I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if they, they put the, the guitar solo in the album, but uh, it, it was fun, you know. So uh, that's how uh, bands used to get together back then. Uh, 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 networking. That, that's how it used to be done, you know. Yes, yeah, so, it sounds fun, man. It sounds like you were right there for like a classic era in metal. Yeah, perfect timing for uh, the beginning of the New Orleans scene. Perfect timing for, for the beginning of the Tampa scene. So I got best. Of, I got the best of both. Uh, uh, of, uh, states, you know, uh, Louisiana and, and Florida. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and so that Beyond the Unknown album comes out on Nuclear Blast. And if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, I mean, there's footage of you guys playing in, I think, Holland online. Like, you guys toured fairly extensively for that, right? Yeah, we did, man. It was a, it was a fun tour. Uh, it lasted uh, three months. It was a long tour. We got to see it. Actually, uh, when we were on tour, we actually met uh, Max Cavalier again in Spain by accident <laughs> because we were driving to an, a different show and Mark Levin, the bass player on the bus, was saying, hey man, look, look that's that's Max Cavalier. I said, come on, man, are you sure? Yeah, stop the bus, stop the bus. <laughs> 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 so we went out, we shook hands and uh, and Max asked us, oh, how, how, how's Spain, you know? Oh yeah, the, the, the crowd, the crowds are great, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna like it. But they had, they had to do a show, I think, on the same day or the next day. So Max was by the beach, uh, uh, you know, having a good time. But after that, we just uh, moved on to our next uh, destination, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. And and um, uh, wow. So you guys, um, you go on tour. I mean, have, have you have you ever traveled to Europe before that, or was it like a totally different experience? Uh, uh, so, so it was a new experience. Uh, we, we we got into Germany, and uh, 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 Michael from. Uh, uh, Michael is is a guy that used to work for Nuka Blast from Germany. He, he's a German guy, but he, he passed away. But he's a cool guy. He picked us up in the airport and uh, he took us to the the, the booking agent, and that's how, and we stayed like a three days in Berlin. I think uh, three or two days, just uh, resting, you know. And after that, the tour started, you know. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, must have been crazy back then too when uh you know death metal was what it was and everything like that coming right off of the 80s fresh yeah everything was pretty much hardcore and punk so metal was a new thing uh coming out so uh it was uh, a good time to be uh living you know it still is right now but <laughs> uh, i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad that uh, i was uh, uh i played a, a small part in, in the beginning of of uh, such great music you know yeah um and and that being said, uh, you know, you guys come home, 
And I know in 90, 96, I believe, the the remix of Serpent Temptation was released. But what? Yeah. There, there was there was not another album until 2000's Discerning Forces, right? Another album of old new material. Yeah, true. Uh, a, a lot of things happened uh, between those uh, gaps. But we never, we never. Uh, uh, music. Once you're a musician, you, you're a musician for life. You know, mm-hmm. it's in your DNA in a way because you, you enjoy the music. You know. But uh, those gaps, uh, we had like uh, personal uh, problems in, uh, that happened uh, in between. Uh, for example, uh, uh, even now, like uh, recently, uh, for the Fallen Entities album, we, we, we went back to Louisiana. We were living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we got hit by a flood over there. So a lot of things that once the album is done, it's done. But but the 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 journey to get there <laughs> there's a lot of things that in your personal life that happens and that kind of slows everything down throws you off track but like i said once a musician always a musician you always go back to the road and and follow the music you know yeah well that i mean not without jumping ahead too far you did have uh your 2008 album entitled mandatory evac and you just brought up hurricanes you want to get into how hurricanes have affected you through the years li- living down yeah. there yeah yeah, those uh, we, we were hit by the Katrina uh, yeah. back in 2005. That's why I wrote that song because uh, uh, when we went back to uh, the place where we used to live, man, it was like a war zone back then. You know, they had choppers, uh, soldiers on the streets. You know, uh, I had to kick in the door in order to get inside the house, but the, the water uh, kind of bent the, the the door. You know, so it was a uh, uh, you know stuff like this that happens. Uh, in real life, it slows the band down, you know. Uh, huh. So, but uh, deep down, we want to go back. <laughs> but but sometimes there's some external forces that, you know, says, uh, no, not right now. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. But we just, just, just got to keep going. And, uh, and in the end, everything works out, you know. Yeah, man. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of jumping around because... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys do, uh, like, like we said, 96, Serpent Temptation, and then we don't see you again, um, you know, in the metal scene uh, until 2000's Discerning Forces. Now, could you take us through kind of like the elephant in the room question? Um, you guys were called Incubus, and at that point in time is around the time that you switched the name to Opprobrium because there's a big commercial rock band that came out named Incubus, right? Yeah, the the, the knowledge, I mean, the the... The reason why we changed the name because uh, there cannot be two bands with the same name, so uh, we just decided to change it because uh, a band has a name. Okay, that helps with the marketing and all that. But what 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 makes a band is the music. If you think about it. that's that's how I, I see it. So uh, since they had a band with the, uh, with the same name back then, we just decided to change, and that was it. Uh, we had because we we. we we re-signed with Nuka Blast, and uh, and we, we needed a name for the for the contract, you know. <laughs> so uh, I had to. Uh, uh, it took me about I think about about three months to find a name, and uh, so uh, in order to put in a contract, you know, uh, with Nuka Blast, because they wanted to uh, re-sign us, and that's how we went back to Nuka Blast. But uh, it's just one of those things that we did at the time, and we are happy with it. You know, even though we had the name Incubus back then, uh, I'm extremely happy with the name Aprobin right now. You know, it's is is uh it's like uh it fits uh, the band uh, the way it's supposed to uh, fit. You know, so I'm I'm very happy with uh, 
with the the new name, and uh, that's going to be our name for now and forever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, man. Well, well, um, yeah, because you know it's obvious that some people make jokes and things like that. I full disclosure, my legal name is Will Smith. So I feel like I can relate. I can relate in a way. I, I get we we make fun of it all the time on the show. I get shit, but it's it's like you know some some famous guy comes along and he's got your name. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But uh, with, with just to clear up any misconception, there was never any kind of like you weren't brought into court. You didn't try to bring them to court. It was you just kind of saw that there was a band named that and you went a different way, right? Yeah, we just decided to uh, to change it and and move on. You know. Uh, Sometimes the uh, you do like uh, what you gotta do. Even keep it. I, I like to, to keep things simple as much as possible. So uh, I decided just to change it in order to because uh, I didn't want to play uh, in a different uh, country and people think that we were the the other band, you know. So we just <laughs> decided to, you know, <laughs> so to change and that was it, you know. Yeah, man. That, that was the best the best option and, and uh, we're happy with it, you know. Yeah, now, and if I got it right, opprobrium uh, is it means uh, something in reference to public shaming or to bear a public shame, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, public shame, uh, rejection, and uh, it, the reason why I, I picked that name because in the beginning of because uh, as you know, he from the nineties to uh, in the beginning of, of metal music, extreme metal, there was a lot of rejection. Uh, a lot of the clubs didn't accept the type of music, uh, the media. Uh, some religious uh, uh, entities didn't like the the, the music, so uh, I, so that name kind of fit uh, uh, the beginning of metal uh, for me, you know, uh, the origin uh, on its development. So uh, that's that's why I picked the name Approbium uh, for the band. Yeah, and now my other question about that is because if if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's a term that's used in the Bible and that you guys may have gotten from the Bible. And I've seen uh-huh. I've seen your band um, uh, and the term Christian death metal used in different entities online, but I, I don't know that you guys are an overtly Christian band. Could you maybe speak to that and clear up any misconception? And 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 would you consider you guys uh, Christian death metal? Uh, we're not we're not a Christian death metal band. Uh, I'm a Christian, you know, 100 Christian. Okay. But uh, uh, I, when it comes to to the music, I. I I think it's for entertainment. Uh, I, I do music for entertainment, and but we're not a Christian band because we talk about a whole bunch of topics like uh, uh, natural disasters, uh, 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 personal conflicts, uh, and uh, stuff like this. So uh, we're not a Christian band. We're just a metal band that likes to do music. You know, even though I'm a Christian, and I respect uh, uh, all walks of life, uh, and I, I have a uh, a theory that that says uh, live and let live, you know. So I'm neutral. Uh, and w- with metal, uh, it's, it's all about respect. Uh, everybody respects the, the uh, their music style, their point of view. And metal is about freedom. When I pick up the guitar, I don't think religion. I think music, because uh, that's why I play music is to entertain, in, in for people to uh, escape reality a little bit, you know, uh, to have fun. So that's why that's why that's why I don't like mixing politics and religion, uh, because it kind of divides. So I just uh, the band was made to to entertain, and so people can have fun, uh, have a, have a good time. That's that's my goal when I write a, a song. 
And it's like, it's like a movie. It's like a, when, I write, when I write a song, it's like a movie. Uh, I, I try to uh, bring a story out, you know, something like that, you know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that answer, too, because um, I try to leave, uh, you know, my personal politics and beliefs, uh, spiritual beliefs at the door. Um, yeah, true. You know, with, with some of my own projects and things like that. And uh, even with the podcast, I try to take a more journalistic, objective route. Um, but but you know obviously you it's it's, it's, uh, it's it's all about entertainment that's that's the main yeah. thing in your personal religion uh, uh, that's a, that's my personal that's between me you know and the music that this is for is for the people just like you said uh, uh, I we have to be uh, 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 stay away as much as possible from politics and religion because you only uh, divides because it's, it's politics and religion uh, kind of divides a lot of people so. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, as a musician I, and and you as a, a radio host, uh, I mean uh, talk host. Uh, I don't know if that, what that's what they call it. Podcast. We're still figuring it out. My bad. My bad. Oh, okay. well, no, we're but figuring I, out what this is. Yeah. What, what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is it's yeah. about entertainment. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. want people to listen yeah. to the band, have fun, and forget about life a little bit. You know. Uh, of it's course. It's about man. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, just having true. a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, and, and I and I appreciate you uh, speaking to that because you know, like I said, um, it, it it seems like uh, uh, with a opprobrium, you guys kind of work on your own uh, schedule. You're not really concerned with uh, meeting like a touring deadline and making your life, uh, you're, you're making your entire income from music or something. Because I have heard you guys in other interviews speak to how difficult it is to make money playing music and how the internet and it's gradually gotten gotten harder yeah it it got it's it's the the streaming is extremely uh, low uh the i mean there's there's no money streaming to think about it you know there's no money it's not like in the the old days you know but uh i think bands nowadays uh make the most of their money through merchandise and touring and as a matter of fact uh moses we, we were supposed to tour this year uh as I think uh, this month or something like that, and started touring Europe back again, but due to the virus, everything was postponed. So uh, uh, we might start playing again if the if the virus goes away by September or maybe a little earlier. So it all depends on uh, what's going on with the world right now, you know. But uh, a lot of bands uh, depend on, on touring to survive. So. Uh, it's, it's probably tough for a lot of bands uh, right now. Yeah, this is a rough year for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems yeah, to true, be the true, only thing true. on everyone's mind, and it's so true that it's uh, it's terrible. But you know, but it's, it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better, and uh, everything's yeah. going to go back to normal. Yeah, you guys will be on the road again. Just, it's just yeah. the world is figuring itself out right now. <laughs> Next, <laughs> it's a complicated place. Huh? Yep, <laughs> it's 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 you know it's been a frequent uh, topic this year, and we've talked to some local like venue owners and show promoters about it and every it's on everybody's mm-hmm. mind next year brother that's but, um what about next year yeah mm-hmm. well, one, well one 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 thing one thing about uh, it's, it's, uh about this this virus that uh, uh one thing that's it's gonna be good about uh this this virus once it's over uh, uh uh i have a feeling that people will not take a lot of things for granted anymore like the shows uh the restaurants and the people and I think it's gonna be a, a much better time than it was before. Once this is over, you know that's that's the way I see it. You know, hopefully, yeah, I hope yeah, so. Hope so. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good take. You know, people can appreciate. Um, yeah, definitely well, going forward. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm dying to go to a show. Yeah, the first shows back are gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, <Stage. laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, uh, one trip that you got that did work out that didn't get canceled was uh, in the late '90s. You guys made, a, I guess, kind of a fateful trip to Rio de Janeiro, uh, and and uh-huh. I gu- and I guess that inspired you to, to do a new Opprobrium album, which resulted in 2000s Discerning Forces, right? Yeah, 1999, and uh, we actually uh, we we had the demo, all, all the songs written down. And uh, then I, once again, I, I did the, the, the recording of the bass, uh, the, the singing, and the leads, the rhythm, and most of the, the drum. And actually, like I was saying earlier, Marcus from Nuka Blast was there, was there and uh, uh, the guy, that uh, Harry Jones, that did uh, a Sodom and some other bands from Germany, the producer was there. So everything, uh, it was great. It was a great time doing that album, you know. Yeah, and, and that was recorded at, uh, I guess, Discover Digital Studio in Rio de Janeiro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it was, I, it was uh, a lot of famous bands from Brazil recorded there. Like, uh, I don't know if you know, uh, bands like uh, Roberto Carlos, Robert Carlos, uh, <laughs> that's how you say it in English. And some other big bands uh, from Brazil recorded there. So it was a, cool, uh, a great studio. All right, man. and and um, it, it just the name of the studio itself. Uh, I, I thought there was a question there because it's called Discover Digital Studio. It's the late '90s into 2000s, so a digital recording is actually you know you're discovering digital. Um, but the the last time you guys were in a studio before that, I guess probably would have been the re-recordings for the Serpent Temptation album. And you had like like we said before, you flew all the way to LA for the mixing. On, on the original Serpent Temptation, what was your experience recording at Discover Digital? Was that your first time recording with like some new digital elements that streamlined things? Uh, this the studio setup was pretty much the same uh, from from the Los Angeles and the the Rio uh, studio from Rio de Janeiro. Uh, but I, we just uh, as a band, uh, sometimes a band records in, in, in different places. It's just to uh, to to boost uh, creativity. Uh, that's how I see it, you know. So uh, we decide to, to record uh, in different places in order to help the creative side of, of the songwriting because the album is only done once it's recorded. And during the recording, you're still doing the album, so it's n- it's not done until it's over, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's not over till it's over. Um, yeah, yeah. And and that so discerning forces comes out on Nuclear Blast. Did you mm-hmm. guys did you guys support that with with a lot of touring at all at the time or? No, not at all, not at all. We had some uh, then again uh, personal problems and uh, it threw us off. But uh, and it, and it's delayed uh, again the band. But this time uh, uh, Moses and I decided to uh, to work. Uh, more on on this like in, to avoid gaps and and as of now uh we're working on, on a new album right now we got like four and a half songs <laughs> you know so uh we want to keep uh releasing album as much as, as possible we're, we're not going to take us too much time like we did before you know so uh now we're in for you know we're going to try to release an album maybe every two years you know all depends on how the album comes out Right now, we, we're still on a, on a writing phase of the new album, and it's coming out awesome, you know? Yeah, man, yeah, and, and um, you know, sometimes you can't you can't rush perfection, man. Sometimes things take, and, and also between 
2000's discerning forces and 2008's mandatory evac, which we just talked about before, you know, you had, mm-hmm. like like you said, you had to kick in the door because there was a flood that warped the house and the, the, the armies in the street. I mean, that'll that'll slow down any band, you know, as you said, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then and then there was the following entity. Uh, uh, when we were living in Baton Rouge, they had a flood that hit us that, that, that slowed us down again. So, <laughs> wow. So, and that's why we moved to uh, back to Florida because of that, you know, because of the flood. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and by the way, most, I believe, of the material we're talking about is available on your band camp. Uh, and, yeah, and, and and you're selling the merchandise, like a patch, some vinyls, some CDs, all for 50% off at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we decided, we, Mose and I, to reduce the price uh, because uh, between us, uh, we wanted to help the fans because uh, uh, every. We're going through uh, the world's going through a different phase right now, so we just wanted to uh, reduce the price and, and let people have a chance to uh, uh, enjoy having an, an album, you know, with them. So uh, that's why we, we did it, you know, instead yeah. of a regular price. Yeah. So for just for, to, for all the greedy collectors like me taking advantage of you guys, that people could check that nah, out. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> but. Uh, that's 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 why we, we, we reduced the price uh, temporarily just to uh, help people out with uh, of owning an, an album, you know. Because that, I, I, I remember in the beginning when I, was, I used to be a, a a fan of band. If they had something like this, I would buy it. <laughs> yeah, of, of know, course. Like, I mean, I mean, hey, full full disclosure, <laughs> you're going to be sending two two vinyls to New York pretty soon. I I, I ordered mine, man, because I, I couldn't pass it up. Um, you know, I, I was oh. doing the research and stuff. Also, wait till the episode oh, comes out. We got a lot of listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. No, it means a lot to us when somebody uh, uh, buys an album and, or listens to the song or enjoys the band. It means a lot to us. Yeah, you guys are great, and uh, the fans are great. Uh, it's just awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a a great energy, you know, a great vibe, and uh, just awesome. That's that's why there is musicians in the world and there is fans in the world. You know, it's, everything's interconnected. And that's how I see it. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. The last thing I wanted to get into was just a little bit about uh, Fallen Entities, which, as you brought up, was in 2019 on High Roller mm-hmm. Records. Uh, yeah. Fall, the Fallen Entities comes out, and um, that was also, by the way, um, just to, just to credit the labels as we do, Metal Mind Productions released Mandatory Evac and reissued a bunch of the older Incubus albums under the name Opprobrium. Yeah, um, yeah so, true. So j- just to, and, to clarify for that. And then the, with the Metal Mind, the contract was over. Uh, so uh, with them, so uh, we gave the rights to High Roller for, uh, Records, and uh, they did a great job. Actually, uh, this Beyond the Unknown and this Discerning Forces and, and the Fallen Entities, we had more artistic freedom. A uh, freedom, uh, as with uh, the other labels. I mean, back then uh, with Nuka Blast, due to the distance, it was hard to communicate. Oh, I want this on the album. I want. So you had to do as much as possible, you know, sending facts. But nowadays, uh, with, with the Technology, he helped. He helped us to do a, a, a re-release that we wanted to see uh, all along, you know. So this re-release uh, was we took a very uh, good care and on the details as much as possible. And High Roller has a great staff, and, and so everything worked out. And as many of you guys know, High Roller releases uh, uh, great records, you know, good, good quality. So uh, we just wanted to do uh, the. The, an album that we wanted the fans to see, you know, that's how you know we wanted it. 
And it came out just it came out just perfect. I'm very happy with the re-releases. I, I, I can appreciate that. And after all these years, having started from the 80s, you finally got a tape cassette release of The Fallen Entities I saw. A tape cassette. Yeah, I think oh. on your I think on your band camp there was a cassette version. It was sold out already, but yeah, just oh. just all these years later, cassettes. Are oh back. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's going it's going it's going back a little bit, but I think mostly LPs and CDs are going back. Yeah. much higher. You know. Yeah, everyone, I think everyone not, was vinyl. I think nowadays, uh, people even even though you got the digital going on, people want the digital, people want the CD and the LPs. I think it's going to be a mixture. I think the future might be a mixture of. of of all that, you know, you want a, a little piece of, of something that you hold and at the same time something to listen to, you know, digitally. Yeah, uh, having a physical medium is, it's cool, you know, no no matter how you chalk it up. It might not be the most practical <laughs> thing, but it's it's freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like, it is, yeah, it is. you might be listening to it on Spotify, but you get to support the band by buying the cool thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's going to ride out for a long time, I think. And that's how it was back then, too. I used to go to the record stores, and I, I wanted to have the album, you know? So uh, you open up the, 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 the an LP, you discover, like, the, the inner sleeve, uh, how the record was made, and the, the sound. So all those experiences, you cannot get on digital. You have to buy the album in order to uh, actually know uh, the difference, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, I appreciate that, because you, you talk about um, the reissues having... Uh, details in them that that you know you had much more access to the label now just because of the way communications work you were able to do it how you originally envisioned it uh, and you clarified also the two different uh, recorded versions of Serpent Temptation uh, that that are in history now and I'm glad for that because going back and listening to all the albums and doing the research for this interview uh, the vibe I got was that you guys are not you were not you were never trying to get that record deal and climb the charts and be the biggest metal band to conquer the world you were doing this out of a, <laughs> out of uh, respectfully out of love yeah, for the true, metal true. scene and everything you're telling us right now is that you just have a lifelong love for the metal scene right yeah yeah I have great respect for the metal scene everybody's like I, like I said earlier it's like a, a, a spiritual. It's like a, almost like a spiritual thing. It's like a, a family thing. Yeah. And uh, and for me, uh, I, I never wanted to be. Or I don't like being a uh, uh, known as. Oh, he's a rock star. I don't like. I'm a very uh, down to earth type of guy. I just like playing music, and I want people to enjoy the music that I create, and, and hope they uh, enjoy it also. So that's 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 my what's in my heart. Uh, just being a musician, uh, and 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 create the best music that I can possibly can, uh, can create and so people can have fun. It's in, in, just like uh, when I listen to a band that I like, you know, uh, I, I, I know the other side, but before I used to play in a band, I didn't know the other side, how it works. So I know, bo- I know both sides now, like as a fan and at the same time as a musician, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. It's and it just speaks to like a, an appreciation of the art, appreciation for the fans, and, and all that sort of thing. And that's that's also why we want to share this with uh, maybe younger listeners or people who weren't as aware of the legacy, um, because it comes from the heart. And that's that's what we what we talk about on this program all the all the time. Um, and and before we before we finish up, I want to ask you to recommend uh, some music for the listeners. But one thing I did want to plug is uh, your your solo album. In 2016, uh, the, the the band, the project is called And It Echoed in Every Part, and the album was called Let Your Light Shine, right? It's on Bandcamp. 
Yeah, the, the album is instrumental rock, uh, something like uh, instrumental rock like Joe Satriani, Steve I type of type of thing. That's a, that's that's an, an album as a guitarist that I wanted to put out as a guitarist, and and to show that uh, a different uh, vision uh, musically that I have also. So uh, at that time, that's that's what I wanted to do. And every guitarist would someday likes to explore. Uh, I mean. Uh, create uh, something with the guitar, you know. Before I sang, I used to be a guitar player, so that's why I kind of uh, I made that uh, that album just to uh, have fun, you know. It's a it's a cool album. It's just to chill and listen to, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's very it's fairly mellow in some parts. It's not death metal, yeah. Obviously, no, but not at all. But you know, if as I thought too, because like I said, I kind of binge listen to like all your albums. You know, like every time we have a, an interview, I like to I like to get in there and listen to everything, mm-hmm. and then listen. And you know, it always strikes me. You know, it's obviously with with Approbrium, you're the guitarist, uh, your brother's the drummer, so there's a very streamlined vision. Uh, rather uh-huh. than if you have like all these different guys, you know, trying to cram their their individual visions in there. And I notice there's always um, like really tasteful riffs. And the the riffs just keep coming with opprobrium, you know, and and not not to gush over the music, but it's a it's a, a guitarist's death and thrash metal band in a lot of ways, and with those riffs and this uh, and it echoed in every part side project of yours. It's great because you can kind of hear like a, a like you said like a Josie Satriani kind of like a shredder album uh-huh. um, yeah. made by someone from kind of a cult death metal band. So it's it's interesting, <laughs> you know, for the guitarists out there, definitely. Yeah, it's it's like uh, two universes, you know, uh, <laughs> you know. You know, like the style of music from from my solo album and from my band, uh, uh, a program. So, uh, as a musician, uh, that's what it's all about. Being a musician, you just want to experiment with uh, new new uh, styles of music. But at the same time, you have your base, uh, your your original uh, style. That 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 that's the foundation of it all. You know. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. And you guys always retain, um, you know, it's, it's not it's not like you listen to a Probrium now and you're like, oh, they, they did a totally 360. You know, you're, you're very consistent through the years, although the albums have different, like, personalities to them, you know? Yeah, every album is like, uh, it's like, a, it's like a, 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 I mentioned earlier, it's, uh, every song, I wanted to make like a movie in a way. When you listen to it, uh, it takes you to like, as if you're watching a, a movie or, uh, you know, something like that. And uh, this new album that we're working on right now is coming out great, man. I don't like talking about it too much. I like to keep it as a surprise, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, it's, it's good, just good to know you guys are working, and um, uh, you know, even even though that uh, that um, uh, Fallen Entities album is still kind of fresh, people can check that out from last year. Uh, yeah. And and before we wrap up, Francis, something we do with our guests is we always ask them to to recommend for us and for the listeners. Uh, an o- an older album and a newer album by any artist, any genre, um, anyone you want. Just kind of, just kind of two albums that we could say Francis from Approbrium recommended these. I like an old and a new album. Yeah, yeah. According to you, you know, not not strict rules. We're not going to kick you off the show if it's not old enough. Uh, deal, deal with the uh, Holy Diver song. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I love that album. I love that album. What he, what got me to a guitar playing too, uh, that, you know? Wow, that album. Strong. And uh, re- recently, I, I listened to a lot of Rammstein. I like the the heavy sound. Oh uh, yeah, you know, man. Very, yeah, yeah, they got they got a cool sound. They're very uh, almost like an orchestra in a way, you know, like a movie, wow. <laughs> you know. So those two albums, those two bands, uh, I would recommend uh, people check it out and uh, listen to it, you know. 
Okay, interesting, man. Yeah, all right. So, um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dio, yep. Holy Diver, classic. And Ramstein, something uh, I I should check out a little bit. I, I'm 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 not too big on the industrial tip, but I gotta break <laughs> I gotta break out of my comfort zone sometimes. They got killer yeah. mixes, man. Yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah. you yeah. might not be that into industrial, but putting it on, you'll get something out of it. Yeah, the two the two yeah, other guys yeah. are the mm-hmm. audio engineers, so they're like Ramstein. Okay, man. Um, but. <laughs> But uh, Francis Howard um, of uh, classic death thrash band Approbrium, uh, formerly Incubus, as we covered, we really appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and is there any, um, uh, uh, if we forgot to plug something or if there's any parting words for fans of your music and listeners of the show? Uh, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to be in, uh, in your podcast. And uh, I just uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy our music and... Hope to see you guys on the road uh, by the the middle of next year. If, if everything works out, we should be out playing again because uh, that's what we and Moses decided to do. And uh, we're going to play live again and hopefully see you guys on the road. Hell yeah. Thanks yeah, a lot. Right on, so your New York stop. We'll be there, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, man. I appreciate your time, Francis. And we'll be in touch with you as, as the episode goes forward and we put it up in a week or two, okay? All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very much to Francis Howard of Approbrium. Uh, I enjoy talking to him. Good guy. What a gentleman. Class act, man, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, good interview, man. And uh, we appreciate his time. Shout out to him. And, of course, his brother Moises, uh, if he's listening, man. We appreciate you guys. And um, the uh, the legacy of uh, fine death thrash, you continue to leave us as we know you're working on new material. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm glad that he didn't tell us too much about the new album. Yeah. yeah but we, don't, but don't, don't give away know. too much. We know that's yeah. coming. So You know it's coming. Um Kind of like, you know, we, we let we let the listeners know a little bit. We play them a little bit of an album, we talk about it, but we don't give away the whole thing. We never reveal the whole mystery, right? No. Uh, so keep that in mind tonight as I ask you guys to not spill all the beans. Just give me a little taste. Tantalize me with something new. Taste is the theme of the evening. Um, mm-hmm, Justin, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. what do you have for our palate? I'll bring it in. Sassy old as uh, as here I am on the internet uh, looking up the correct pronunciation, but we're gonna give it all the kind of things. So uh, some people say Gyra, some people say Gyria. I'm gonna say Gyria. Who knows? G A E R E A. We got Gyria's uh, brand new record, Limbo, uh, out July of this just glorious year of 2020 on Season of the Mist. Uh, a band of uh, Portuguese descent. You know, a little tie okay. into the, you know we all speak the same language here. There you go. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a pretty interesting, um, predominantly black metal band. Uh, very cinematic in their approach, very ethereal. Uh, some say cathartic, uh, but it's a total groove and atmospheric experience, man. Um, huge like rolling hills of, of vibe going on here and and what I loved most about this band was the, the way that it relates to me is this sort of black metal Amana Marth of of on the horse fucking going 
Um, perfect balance of gallop and cave dwelling. Yeah, dude. Uh, drums and vocals bring you that kind of black metal feel with, with the guitar, you know, like I said, keeping it down with that ethereal and, uh, and, and that groove, man, that, that, that earth. So, uh, check it out, man. Gyria. Limbo. I, I gotta say, the, um, maybe it was like the more throaty vocals, uh, and the um, uh, the kind of yelling, like like uh, they they reminded me more maybe a hardcore singer in some time, mm-hmm. some moments. Yeah, I was and, I was also thinking like a early under oath. It kind of brings me to which, yeah, I, which is a little as, more aggressive. I'm not as familiar, but a band that like this to me at some point sounded to me like if you took tragedy mm. and stretched it out and made it a little more complicated and atmospheric and technical. But I think it had to do with the kind of rawness of the production. The vocals that are a little bit more yelled and more of a heart, like a heart, uh, a style that lends itself to hardcore more than traditional yeah, death metal it, or black like, metal. At some points, there's a little like whine to it at the end. Yeah, like, you know. and combined with the types of melodies, these guys use those really sad, pulling at the heartstrings, uh, kind of forlorn emotional melodies. Yes. Uh, that that and they mix them with intense like kind of metal parts and that and for some reason it brought to my mind some of the same like emotional tension you get with tragedy but a little more complicated a little more atmospheric yeah if uh, also if any of the listeners out there are familiar with a band called Astronoid uh, they do a sort of um, uh, another sort of like like uh, atmospheric kind of proggy very positive take. Uh, on a similar sound, you you wouldn't consider them black metal at all. But I think the the mood with this band, like if the two of those bands were on a show, I'd go to it and you know have a great. I'd just have a great time. You know, uh, my my attention would be taken. Uh, a totally different vibe, a, a more in that like melodramatic, cathartic kind of uh, uh, tonal range, if you will. But uh, yeah, I you know. Like I said, as I'm tightening the, you know, tuning the strings on my truck, this is gonna be a great, a great week for this band. Tonight I'm bringing in The Final Kill by a band called Collision, a band from the Netherlands. Hmm. Rot- I mean, we're getting that like uh, rotten sound kind of grindcore, mm. disavowed kind of intensity, uh, a-, a solid release for you you grind folks out there, the, the punk adjacent who are just looking to up the D-beats. Um, so this band's been around since 2000. And uh, this is their last release, apparently. It's called The Final Kill, so appropriate name. They're killing it one last time, I suppose, which is good for them. I'm, I'm glad glad to hear they're doing it. But, yeah, this is this is um, the kind of stuff, like I said, satiating the, the want for punk rock adjacent grindcore, where it's just intense riffs, not shying away from brutality. You got to check it out if you're angry. You got to check it out if you're happy. This will huh. keep you going... If you need energy, this is what I get out of out of bands like this. Collision, great energy, all around. Yeah, very brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gotta say, the artwork and the logo 
Kind of reminds me of that like early Razorback Records, you know, kind of comic book EC horror mm-hmm. vibe. I, I really enjoy that mm-hmm. artwork, man. Yeah, it's a really cool kind of traditional grindcore record in the old school fashion. Yeah, this is the, um, I would tie this to like, and I'm gonna bring them in eventually, but uh, a way like a way heavier Graf Orlock. Yeah, um, um, where it's got it's it's the chaoticness with with the punk vibe, but you know it's grind. Yeah, for sure. The range of vocal styles also plays into that, where you, sure. you, you, there's no consistent theme throughout it. It's like all emotional, changing style vocals, mm-hmm. like legit screaming, guttural stuff, uh, punk yelling, uh, and I like variation like that. So uh, definitely check this out if, if, if you want the speed and you want the uh, no fucks given kind of thing. No shortage of riffs either. No. Fucking... Riffs, man. Grind with riffs. Take it all day. Okay, shout to everybody in Australia. What's up, Australia? How you doing? Um, our uh, my recommendation, I should say, uh, for right now is a band called Resin Tomb. Uh, they put out their uh, self-titled ten-inch uh, mini LP on uh, what what label is this here? Hold on a second, it's a good one. Great, great little label. Oh yeah, Brilliant Emperor Records. See, it's brilliant. From Sydney, Australia, the label put out this 10-inch uh, mini LP. You can also find it on your uh, Bandcamp, you know, as you do nowadays. Um, I will admit to clicking on this because I enjoyed the name Resin Tomb. For sure. Uh, Resin Tomb, isn't that uh, what Australians call a bowl? Uh, allegedly. And all I know is that normally the word tomb might even turn me off nowadays because it's used. I mean, and there's some great tomb bands, but if you're a new band coming out, yeah, like Tombs, Tomb Mold, tomb, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tomb of the Mutilated was an album Fuck once yeah. upon a time. Tomb Raiders. Sick. Yeah, that was a game. I'm just saying, like, if you're a new band, there's there's, there's not much elbow room left in the tomb. Ter- in the tomb. Um, but uh, the uh, the resin tomb and then the artwork, I, I, I had to check this out, give it a chance, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, this was really ugly, nasty, disgusting music. Um, a lot of times you hear about like blackened hardcore or blackened grind or dissonant grindy black metal or whatever. And a lot of times that shit just kind of like when I hear that, it turns me off because I'm like, you know, it's it's probably just some guys that that used to listen. Some guys that used to listen to metalcore and they heard Burzum and now they're trying to do, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's one of my least favorite qualifiers, by the way, the blackened thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, for yeah. Chi- yeah. that's for chicken. Yeah. Like, you can you yeah. can yeah. create atmosphere and not call it black. Blackened. Is yeah, so it's, just it's kinda, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that because this band fulfills like what that should be. This band plays like very kind of dis like they, they do the dissonant thing. They play a very kind of evil, dissonant, ugly-sounding, uh, blackened, to use that term, I think, accurately this time, form of, like, grindcore uh, with elements of death metal. There's, it's, It sounds more like your type of, like, grindcore in terms of attitude, how the vocals get you and the atmosphere. It's very grindy and chaotic uh, in that Australian tradition of grindcore. But there's something extra about this band with the atmosphere where it's very evil. 
Uh, and, and some of the riff choices and the note choices, they just bring it down to that really dissonant black metal, like, territory. Like, you're just rotting in hell somewhere, man. These these guys mm-hmm. are an ugly band, Resin Tomb. And the name kind of hooked me, and it speaks to sometimes you don't have to break your brain to make a name. Uh, you don't have to use words that have never been used in the history of rock and roll ever to, to get your point across, you know? And I thought Resin was like a really cool murgatory. word. Yeah, yeah. That's- <laughs> I, I mean, but you know, I'm just saying, like, like uh, uh, these guys, um, they they really stand apart, man. And I enjoyed this this uh, this Resin Tomb uh, self titled EP that came out on Brilliant Emperor Records uh, from uh, from Sydney, Australia. So check Talk it out, man. Yeah, this should be fantastic. Man. I love good, it. Good I recommendation. Yeah, I can't wait for this to get ripped off by everybody. <laughs> this, is <not> really, <laughs> this is really awesome. Yeah, they're you know they're doing it, man. I I enjoy this, man. And apparently, I'm not familiar. With some of these bands, but it was formed in 2018 with members of Siberian Hellsounds, Descent, and Snorlax. Uh, so if you're familiar with those bands, you might want to check this out. Uh, it even says here their influences range from Dissonant Death to Black and Grind, but this is like what you would want to hear with yeah. that description. Yeah, they they yeah, do yeah. it. They really do it. So And uh, cover artwork, interestingly enough, by Ethan Lee McCarthy. Uh, of Primitive Man, who well, we've, we've had on go. the show. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had him. Beautiful. So uh, so cool artwork uh, by him there. So so just uh, worth checking out, man. Check out Resin Tomb from Australia. Uh, and shout out to all of our friends down under. Special shout to uh, Francis Howard of Opprobrium tonight, our guest, for his time. Uh, we appreciate him being so candid about his legacy, his story, uh, yes, him and sir. his brother's uh, story, I should say. And uh, also for bringing up the band Rat, not once, but twice. A couple times. During the interview, independently of us mentioning Rat. We don't, you know, we don't have, their yeah. the name gets around, man. We don't have to, we don't have to say it all the time. Uh, it's a household name. Still, sure is day, rat. Yeah. just like borax. Um, That's right. Yeah, uh, and and uh, but seriously, you no. Know, thank you to uh, both of the Howard brothers for all they've done over the years and contributed to the legacy of uh, death and thrash metal. And thanks to Francis for his time, um, and thanks to both of you guys uh, for bringing in Rat and other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I won't bring in Rat every single week, but you know, sometimes we're getting there, and it's fine. Uh, thank you for the Rat, Justin. Thank yep. you for all the research and hard work you do on these episodes. Will, thank this you. Was, Will. Uh, good line of questioning you had for Francis, and amazing. I had really. a fun time listening to his answers. Yeah, nice guy. Good to all talk yeah. to him. Um, and you know, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, guys, there's something else I brought in besides the peppers tonight. Uh, as proud as I am of that. Um, I found something, man. Uh, shout out to Island Thrift, functioning again. You got to wear a mask. They got the little arrows in the aisles. Keep you going down to find your used tennis shoes, hygienically. Do they sell used masks? <laughs> not, not yet. Well, it not dep- yet. <laughs> depends what you use as a mask. I mean, you yeah, find a, a lot of potential masks in there. But something I found, um, I, I have been supporting the literary scene and buying uh, the occasional book as my budget allows. Uh, but uh, the metal gods shine down on me today as I found this 
uh, like flawless mint condition copy of the book The Complete Headbanging History Sound of the Beast The Complete Headbanging History of Heavy Metal by author Ian Christie um, and I'm going to read it yeah. because I got it for a very cheap right price now? Uh, yeah for everybody <laughs> <laughs> book on no. tape voice but um, it's a new thing that we're going to be working out with Patreon keep your eyes peeled as we uh, work out the tier the level the money and all that uh, Big Will's Book Club coming at you I'm, I'm so going to read a book it. a month because I want you guys to read out there. Yeah. I want people to be literate. I know people have the Kindles. I'm, I'm against it because you got to trade tapes, and it's a book on tape for me to even promote. No, I don't I don't care if you use Kindle. I don't care Papers what you do. on paper. But we're going to do a little thing. We got the metal books, the rock books. I got a couple of books about Joey Ramone. It's crazy up there on the bookshelf. Um, I do read. Uh, contrary <laughs> to... I, I am capable of reading in the English language... You well, know, we all read like the you know book jackets and, and you know and inserts of all of these records that we get. And uh, what are books other than lyrics from the author's brain? Yeah, I, I try to look at books as expanded death metal CD booklets. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like reading the lyrics to an old Scattered Remnants album. Only it's it's a lot longer and there's <laughs> more ground to cover. But I just pretend that it's death metal lyrics on some level, and I get through the book. It's amazing. Yeah, I I, I could read uh, I could read War and Peace as long as I'm as long as I'm under the impression that George Corpse Grinder Fisher wrote that. Okay. Oh man, another guy, another guy. That guy, he's, he can have a conversation. He probably reads, man. Everybody likes to think the death metal singers are stupid. At it. I don't like that shit. Um, no, seriously, shout out to all of my good friends in Brooklyn. Shout out to all of my hipster friends. A lot of them are great hipsters. We, we trash them a lot. Yeah. Reading by um, candlelight, but, Yeah, you know. but special fuck That's you to good. the person I'm talking about. They That's know who right. they are. Yeah, yeah, you know. But, uh, I do read. I'm literate. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Um, that's a new thing we're going to be doing on Patreon, Big Will's Book Club. Uh, we're going to keep it very cheap, um, and we're just going to recommend a book. You can talk talk comments about it, questions about it through the month, and I'll drop a little bonus episode talking about the book. Oh, I, got, um, I love it. I'm there. Try, the kids got to read. We got to promote literature. Got to read. Uh, and if you're interested in other bonus material we might be putting up on Patreon, we're going to be working with videos. We got all that stuff coming at you real close. Uh, people are going to be able to, uh, Patreon donators of a certain level are going to be able to watch videos a month before we release them. We're working on some videos. we got a lot of bonus content coming up for Halloween. That's only going to be available to the Patreon people. At first, you get a sneak preview of everything. Uh, and you also get, uh, as tonight, um, Adam Moore, our Patreon pledge, left a question for Opprobrium, and we snuck it right there into the conversation. Put it right so, in. Yeah, at least once or twice a month. Uh, we're going to be giving you a preview of who's going to be uh, getting interviewed on the Heavy Hole podcast, and you'll have a chance to leave us questions to ask them. Um, yeah. And, and all, as long as you keep it uh, keep, keep it appropriate, keep it adult. No, 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 uh, none of that locker room talk. Yeah, don't be funny. But also, you know, Patreon members, you <laughs> might get a sneak peek of my new band, uh, Potential Mask. Uh, we're out there. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I, well, that's funny. Would you maybe be interested in doing a split seven inch with my project I've been working on? Of course. I, yeah, I have an emo band. Uh, we sent the demo to J Tree Records. They have not gotten back to me yet. Shout out to them. Sense, it's called Awkward Hug. Oh, I love that. It's it's emo from a big man's perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For like the 300 pound plus emo perspective. Mm. You know what I mean? Gotta like, get yeah. it in. Awkward Hug. Yeah, we get it in. Um, <laughs> sure. Jesus. Listen, it's it's going crazy right now, but heavyholepodcast.com is where you can go to uh, protest these projects that, that we're apparently working yeah, on Yeah, that's now. right. Go to heavyholepodcast.com and, and go to the forums there yeah. to, uh, vo <laughs> to voice your complaints. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. There's no forums? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, but I've been hacking and taking them down. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's links... 
uh, to uh, all of our social media. We have got all the all the crazy social medias that you like nowadays. Uh, whether a young person doing it for the gram or an old person getting angry about something you saw on Facebook, we're there for you. Uh, and and we got Twitter too. And uh, we got we're on Spotify, we're on Apple and Google Play. We're on all this crazy. Amazing! Shit. It's amazing how many platforms yeah. we're on. We got yep. Patreon where you can get extra content than our free weekly episode. All you got to do is go to heavyholepodcast.com and we sorted everything out for you in this crazy technological world. Um, Francis Howard from Approbrium, nice guy. Thank you to him for the time. I love it. Resin Tomb from Australia. Uh, love the name. Love the band. Great. Rat, really good band. Fantastic. Um, but you know what? We got to get into their whole catalog because out of all the great material they put out, how many albums have we really been pumping on this podcast? Mostly one. I got that shit so far on my nose, and it's this is the second time I got tested, which is great, because on this second time they gave me this hospital like gift gift box. Right, what was in that? It was like uh, some water, some tissues, some sanitizer, some tea, and a lot of paperwork. You know, huh. stuff that I know that that's like seventy five cents a print right there. Of course, but it was a stack of them. You're gonna get charged a lot. And and the the best thing about going to the hospital to get tested. Mm-hmm. Because they, well, I fucked up, and this is the second time I fucked up. So the test is free at the hospital. Okay, good. But Thanks. the emergency room visit is five hundred dollars. Oh, so you went through the emergency room to I get did. the test. Yep. Well, you cut the line. Cut the line. Five hundred dollar fast pass to health. Got the fast pass. Mm-hmm. I want some of them tests they got in India right now. Fifteen minutes. Shipping them out. They're pretty inaccurate, from what I understand. <laughs> you don't need accuracy. You just need tests. You need you need to put something down on paper, and a paper to back that up. This country's all about tests. Yeah, I'm gonna test the uh, the seal of this can of candied jalapenos, uh, cowboy candy, as the recipe states. My mother's recipe. Shout, shout out to my mom uh, mm. with the, the crazy canning game. Hell yeah! Yeah, the, uh, this song's about my truck actually. She wants money. Yeah, every time. <laughs> well, that's a good seal. You heard that? I like that. Did you boil the jar? Yeah. Well, awesome. my, my mother did that part. She's more experienced with that. Of got a big canning jar and all that stuff. Now the color on this, it's like like they're glowing a little bit. I mean it's 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 wet from the love of the vinegar, of the, the brine. Yeah, well the, the dark peppers are the jalapenos. The kind of light yellow greenish are like sweet peppers. So like the banana peppers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. AKA? Yeah. Try this. But now you might wanna yeah, you might want to try to get the pepper loop with the Frito. That's like the technique. All right. oh, that's a good neek right there. Now, what's Frito advertising here? This pet coin. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to do Bitcoin, which <laughs> I uh, encourage all of our listeners to buy some Bitcoin. Uh, every time I see Justin, I tell him how much he needs Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't have enough Bitcoin right now. I sold my Bitcoin to get a wench. Oh, now I got Bitcoin the wench, too. and I'm going to buy some more Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoins. Wow, that's great. Wasn't that crunch? Crunch Flex? Go ahead and make a mess, guys. It's Delicious. I had to bring a jar over for the team. Mm. So homegrown peppers? Homegrown peppers. Chopped up with um, Chopped up like, with like a, a special home forged knife. 
Yeah, yeah. Home, home forged knife, <laughs> the, hammer forged blade. S- Smith family Damascus. Yeah, melted down from uh, an old record player. <laughs> Man, that's good. That's good. Pepper. We should put that uh, recipe on the Patreon. Not, not a, if it's. Mm. I gotta see. It might be um, the five thousand dollars yeah, tier. It might yeah. be a mystery family recipe. We gotta okay. see. Gotta check with mom. Yeah. Now I'm gonna do this like. Got that whole pile there. Now we just put it in the pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's really sick? We grew pumpkins, cheese pumpkins, which are like the really lumpy old school pumpkins, mm-hmm. but they taste better for cooking. My mom made pumpkin bread. You put cream cheese on a slice, and then you put this on top. It was like it was amazing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Cheese cutting the spice, mm-hmm. the overwhelming aspects that some people might be turned away from pinos. It's not too hot, right? Yeah. No, no, no it's, yeah, it's fine. It's, I mean, I'm fine with this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. It's kind of like the sweetness kind of like cancels out the mm-hmm. hot, but it's just hot enough. It's got a little relish vibe to it, you know? Yeah, it wouldn't be hot enough for some people who are like expecting a burnout, but Where's your mom good. from? Uh, where's she learned this? Where'd this come from? Huntington, kid. Born and raised <laughs> in Huntington. <laughs> my, yeah, bo- actually, that's a true story. Both of my parents were born and raised in Huntington. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. But, um... I gotta bring in some peppers for you, Will. Um, I was dying because I've been practicing my Portuguese, and I didn't want to whip it out during the interview. I should not be a fool. Yeah, you don't want to test it out on a tried and true Portuguese <laughs> speaker right off the bat. I'm getting tried and true, but it's more about putting it uh, out there for a thousand listeners. That's the problem I have. Well, I that's, that's why I wasn't willing to just jump in with what you were trying to teach me. I was trying to teach you. Yeah, I was trying to teach you something, but uh, I can barely speak English, so I'm out of this conversation. Gabby's dad, he does the hot pepper thing. Extraordinaire. He gets mm. them little peppers. Oh, yeah. Um, and he pickles them for, for days and days and weeks and weeks, and the, the, he gets... All different levels of spiciness with different different peppers, and this is reminding me of some of the things I've tried at his house. Now, are yeah. those the ones that you can just eat, or are they used to like you spice don't a soup or something like that? Yeah, like, you drop like two little ones into a, a soup, and it's it'll kill you. Because I was having some ramen one time. This when I was still like beginner of you know not having grilled cheeses, so this is something different. <laughs> and I was like, oh, peppers! Like I like this, and I just bit. The, I just had the whole thing. Just had the pepper, ooh, ooh, and then had a terrible day for the. Re- <laughs> For the rest of it, yeah, you do ask for it sometimes. This girl I work with, she's from Haiti, and she loves hot peppers. She's always cooking hot stuff, and she's got this one pepper she always brings in from from whatever market she goes to, and it almost looks like a a big green strawberry because it's got like little like nodules all over it, like the way a potato grows eyes. Mm. Weird. It's like a hot pepper that grows these. Yeah, and you put like one mm-hmm. in a big batch of soup. And like Justin said, you don't want to just like accidentally bite the whole pepper. You don't even want to eat the thing, really. You want to let it stew in there. Yeah, yeah. We, we made, uh, Gabby and I made some hot sauce with some of the peppers that we were growing at her place. Uh, just blended it down. It was almost like a, a, a paste, really, because mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't let it simmer long enough in the vinegar, which breaks it down, gives it yeah. your more classic, like, Texas, Louisiana hot sauce. Um, but it was great for cooking with Get, we, you know, really heavy on the garlic, blended up. The seeds were still in there, but it was smooth. You could spread it on stuff. But if you eat too much, man, you're you're dead. <laughs> yeah, this is about as hot as I'll go with spicy food. This is fantastic. Yeah, this yeah. is really good. And uh, I love the Fritos because you get the hooked ones, and then you just then you just fish them. For you the, see? Yeah, Fritos and Pinos. You, you know, guys are bonding over your fishing <laughs> again. 
Yes, yeah, I thought I almost made it a full episode without <laughs> really talking about fishing. <laughs> it's just like casting the line out. It's really good you have these with some fresh board. It's oh, true, man. yeah. You're out there on the beach on a cold night or something like that. You gotta start your fire. Use them Fritos. We didn't start the fire. Long Island style. <laughs>